Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of The Alan Young Show called Alan Wants to Be a Reporter. It first aired sometime in 1944.
I want to see Alan Young, and I... Lady, I'm sorry. You can't come in without a ticket. Now go away before I slug you. Oh, oh. <laughs> You're overdoing it. Come in, Mrs. Grimes. Hello, Mary Ann. Hello, Alan. Uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Grimes. Kenny didn't know who you were. No, he didn't. I'll bet you put him up to it, you no good, stupid, fat-headed, naive, loud-mouthed bum. <laughs> naive? <laughs> You're talking to a man who's seen life from the balcony of a burlesque show. You call me naive. Oh, Alan. Hello, Mary Ann. You glad to see me? Oh, yes. Uh, notice anything different about me, Mary Ann? No. Take a good look. No, I don't see anything different about you. Wearing my cufflinks backwards. <laughs> now, look here, floppy sock. You got me to bring Mary Ann down here, and what for? Well, Mrs. Grimes, since Mary Ann and I are about to settle down to connubial bliss, if you'll pardon the expression, I uh, thought you ought to know what I do for a living. Well, what do you do for a living? I'm a comedian. A comedian. Huh. That's the laugh. Hmm. If it is, it's the best one I got tonight. <laughs> well, being a radio... Well, being a radio comedian isn't my idea of honest work. Any man who marries my daughter must have a steady, sensible job. But you don't understand, Mrs. Grimes. For me, I call you Gravel Gertie. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing fine. Why, there's, there's no telling where I can go with my career. There is telling, but I'm a lady. <laughs> now, remember, until you get yourself a decent, respectable job, you can't marry my daughter. Come along, Marianne. You go on ahead, Mother. I'll be right with you. I just want to say a word to Alan. All right. So long, pelican puss. Gee, Marianne, your mother's such a manly little fellow, isn't she? <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you stayed here to talk to me. This is the first chance we've had to be alone. Yes. Yeah. Been looking forward to this all evening. Me too. Mm. Marianne, like to hold hands? Oh, I'd love to. You mind if I gave you a little hug? I wish you would. How about a kiss? Okay. Gee, I hate a girl who plays hard to get. <laughs> Tell me, Marianne, do you feel the same way as your mother does about me? No. I think you're human. Hmm. Well, what I mean is, how do you feel about, uh, about marrying a radio comedian? Well, Alan, I had hopes of marrying a man who does more exciting work. Like a newspaper man, for instance. What's exciting about delivering newspapers? <laughs> I mean a newspaper reporter. Oh, I see a reporter. Gosh, that's an idea. I can just see myself now dashing into the White House. How do you do, Mr. President? I'm Alan Young of the Gazette. I want a statement from you. <laughs> well guarded, isn't he? <laughs> Marianne, if I become a newspaper reporter, will you marry me? Yes, I will. Gee. The next time you see me, I'll be working for a newspaper. You'll hear me yelling, stop the presses! Stop the presses! Why? I got my pants caught in the wheel. <laughs> and now, Marianne, I, I bid you farewell. Or as we newspapermen say, quote, unquote. <laughs> Don't worry, Marianne, I'll get myself a job as a newspaper reporter. See you later. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our glamorous singing star, B. Wayne, will revive for you that swell old tune, Music Makes Me. <laughs> 
What happened to Hogan? Scarpetti got him, too? Stay on the story, Schwartz. Now, what did you say you wanted? Mr. Editor, I came here to ask you if I could... Just a second. Hello? Who's this? Scarpetti. What happened to Schwartz? You got him, too? Listen, Scarpetti, you've killed nine of my reporters already, but we won't give up. I'm sending another man down there right away. Gee, do many of your reporters get bumped off by gangsters? Dozens of them every day. Now, uh, you came in here to ask me something. Yes, yes, I did. Well, go ahead. Mr. Editor, do you think John's other wife is really happy? <laughs> oh, you can't fool me, my boy. You came in here to get a job as a reporter. Reporter? Who, me? Yes, you did, and I'm going to assign you to the Scarpatty story. Oh, no, thanks. I'd much rather be a human interest reporter and interview pretty girls. Ah, pretty girls are a dime a dozen. Yeah? Here, I've been using my dimes to buy ice cream sodas. Well, when do I go to work? You start tomorrow. But remember, a newspaper man's life is dedicated to public service. Yes, sir, and I know that service pays off in the long run. I used to be a movie usher, and every day a little old man used to come in and... I'd help him find a seat and take care of his umbrella and his overcoat. After the show, I'd help him on his overcoat and give his umbrella and help him up the aisle. That went on every week for five years. And then one day, that that little old man died. Left you all his money? Nah, he was just an old pet. (laughs) But uh, I'll get right to work, Mr. Editor. I'll be your best reporter. Uh, Good. Uh, Of course, you have a portable typewriter. No, sir, but I know where I can get one. Where? Green Bracker's department store. Oh, we have a portable typewriter. Mr. Breenbacker. Oh, Mr. Breenbacker. Oh, here I am. You would have to walk in now. Why? Were you doing something important? Yes, I was in the back of the store lacing up my wife's corset. <laughs> Must be something wrong with it. Why? No matter how tight I lace it, I still buzz in the front. Now, uh, what do you want? Mr. Greenbacker, I've got a new job. As a vacuum cleaner would say, Eureka. Guess, guess what kind of a job it is, Mr. Greenbacker. Does it fit your personality? Perfectly. You're a contact man for a cut-rate undertaker. No, no. I got a job on a newspaper. What are you, tug-of-war editor for Yank? Of course not. I'm working on one of the big metropolitan new papers. Il Progresso? <laughs> Il Progresso? See. Si. That's an Italian newspaper. What made you think of that? I always read Italian newspapers. Why? I've got a lot of money invested in spaghetti. Why did you invest your money in spaghetti? My uncle died and left me a hundred thousand meatballs, nosy. <laughs> now, did you come in here to buy something, or can I go back and finish touching up my hair? Certainly, I want to buy something. I want to buy a typewriter. Have you got a priority? No. The rest of this transaction will be conducted in a whisper. <laughs> typewriter left. It'll cost you nine dollars. Only nine dollars? Yes. The letter L was missing. Well, how does it write? Owsie. 
She chose you. Yes, yeah, she thought I looked cute with a shell on my back. Gee, you've led an interesting life, Mr. Greenbacker. You don't know the half of it. I remember one time when I was 19 years I old. I a typewriter now. Yeah, in a minute. I, I was 19 years old, as I recall it. And you I told me you had a typewriter. I know. And anyway, I was 19 years old, and this blonde manicurist must have been at least 35. So Mr. I... Mr. Greenbacker, the typewriter, the typewriter. The typewriter, the typewriter. <laughs> Instead of worrying about a typewriter, a boy of your age should be out chasing girls. Well, I... <laughs> I've got my career to think about. Isn't he unappetizing? <laughs> Typewriter's right here on the table. Okay, I'll just sit down in this chair and try it out. Don't lean back. There's an electric fan right behind Don't you. Don't worry, Mr. Breenbrecker. Watch out for that fan. Please, Mr. Breenbrecker, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> now, do you want the typewriter? Yes, sir. Here's your $9. Boy, I got a bargain. Take another look at the typewriter. Hey, you cheated me. You said this typewriter was missing only one letter, or whatever it is. <laughs> now that I look at it, there are only two letters in the whole machine, B and O. What can I do with a typewriter with the letters B and O? Write fan mail to Life Boy Soap. Oh, good day, Mr. Good Green. day, Mr. Another word with meaning so clear My lips 
try to whisper sweeter things in your ear. But somehow or other, nothing sounds quite so dear as this soft, caressing word I know. No day and nights are lonely. Amor, amor, my love. Make life divine. Say you be mine and love me. Home. I can't find another word with meaning so clear. My lips try to whisper. Typewriter, Mr. Editor. I'm all ready to go to work as a reporter. You got here just in time, young. I've been called away on a very important assignment. I want you to take over as editor temporarily. Here, use my desk. Gee, thank you. Hmm, what a great big desk. Ten buttons, and I gotta hold up my pants with a band-aid. <laughs> I wonder what this first button's for. Well, I'll just push it. Hmm, water cooler. What's this second one? Dixie cup. Well, I'll, I'll try this last one here. You rang for me, Chief? 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 Oh, yes. I did? I mean, I did. I did, yes, yes. Uh, I want to see you all, fellas. Uh, I just want to say, fellas, uh, this is a newspaper. And, uh... uh well, I guess that about winds it up, fellas. Come on, you're supposed to be the editor. What's on your mind? Well, it's very simple. I know, but what's on it? <laughs> look, if you don't think I can handle this job, just look into my eyes, buddy. Look deep into my eyes. Okay, I'm looking into your eyes. Blue, aren't they? <laughs> now, I want to tell you something, fellas. It's very important. It's about spies, see? In giving out news, you never know who's listening, so you've got to be careful what you say. Now, listen to me. I beg your pardon. Where's the news about convoys? Over on the desk. You guys listen to me. <laughs> listen and you learn how to protect vital information. How many are they shipping? 600. You never know how important, how important these things are, so be careful every minute. And uh, when are they being shipped out? 10 o'clock tonight. Now, don't... Uh... Uh, thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Now... I'll hit her. I'll hit her. Now, look... <laughs> 
Now, just follow me, fellas, and you won't go far wrong. Hey, Young, that guy who just left, didn't he look kind of suspicious? Well, how could you tell? He was wearing a mask. <laughs> now, men, fellas, go out and bring back some news. I've got to make some changes around here. I'm not satisfied. I want to speak to my assistant editor here. Oh, stop! <laughs> stop! He's in conference. Uh, come in. Hello, Mr. Young. Well, if it isn't the man who writes our weather forecast. Say, how about chances for a shower? Go ahead and take one if you need it. That guy's become unbearable since we put mercury in his thermometer. Well, how to get some news. Oh, Alan. Alan. Oh, what is it, Mary Ann? I've got an idea for your paper. Huh? My mother wants to write a column full of real homely philosophy. Well, she's got the face for it. Now, now Alan, let's leave my mother's face out of this tonight. Why tonight? Looks like we was left out too long last night. <laughs> we can stay after and write that line 500 times. <laughs> but that's not... That's not getting me any news. <clears throat> Hello, Editor Young speaking. Mr. Young, uh, this is Japanese soldier speaking. Americans attack him, but I am not afraid. Banzai. What happened? Banzai. <laughs> oh, good. They shot him between Toe and Joe. Well, I still haven't got any news, and the paper goes to press in a few minutes. Uh, hello? Hey, Chief. A man down here has just been murdered. What about him? I'm innocent, I tell you. Innocent. They can't pin a thing on me. Alan, you've got to make a go of this job for my sake. I know, Marianne. I'm, I'm doing my best, but nothing ever happens around here. Oh, come in. I beg your pardon. I'm the ambassador from Patagonia. Do you mind if I jump out of your window? Not at all. Thank you. I guess it's just because some days are quieter than others, that's all. Pardon me. I'm the district attorney. Do you mind if I shoot myself in here? Uh, not at all. Thank you. No. no. This just happens to be one of those days, that's all. After all, you can't expect things to happen. Excuse me, Anna Young. May I use your telephone? Certainly. Go right ahead. Hello. Midwood Hospital? This is Mr. Beamish. How is my wife? What? Seven? Wow! Mr. Young, my wife has just had seven babies. This outdoes the quintuplets. What do you say about that? You owe me a nickel for that call. <laughs> you don't understand, Mr. Young. My wife has just had seven babies at the Midwood Hospital. Midwood Hospital? Yes! That's a ten-cent call. <laughs> Young, what way is this to run a newspaper? Well, what's the matter, Mr. Ed? Didn't I do a good job? Certainly not. Look at the headlines the other papers in this town have. And look at the headline you put on our paper. John Schultz is a nice man. Who is John Schultz? He's my butcher. He promised me a pound of steak if I put his name in the paper. Young, you're fired. Do you hear me? Fire.
jumping on the swing set all night, turning out my quarter. All right, now I'm beat right down to the side, and I've got to sing myself some not so milkman. Keep those bottles quiet. All the noise of the river. The Alan Young Show began on NBC Radio as a summer replacement situation comedy in 1944. It moved to ABC with Gene Gillespie portraying Young's girlfriend Betty. The program was next broadcast by NBC for a 1946-47 run and was off in 1948. When it returned to NBC in 1949, Luis Erickson played Betty, and Jim Backus was heard as snobbish playboy Hubert Updike III. The show is a mixture of situation comedy, music, and stand-up jokes. In 1950, The Alan Young Show moved to television as a variety sketch comedy show. When it returned for its final season in 1953, the tone and format of the show changed into the more conventional sitcom. Alan Young was born in Canada in 1919. He came to love radio when bedridden as a child because of severe asthma. Young was a broadcaster for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. In 1944, he moved to American radio with The Alan Young Show. His career had some ups and downs. In radio, he was always the up-and-coming next big star without quite becoming that big star. 
He had more success when he moved to television, particularly in the Mr. Ed show. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.